What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Mind Time, the mini series on mental health presented by It's All Her. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle, and I'll be your host as we talk to some of our favorite people to celebrate Mental Health Month. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I, of course, must remind you that I'm not a doctor, and neither is my guest. I mean, well, she could be a doctor. We'll have to wait and see. (laughs) But we are merely speaking from our own personal experiences. And for any tailored, specific advice, we encourage you to seek out professional help as there is so much support and assistance out there available to you. Okay, now that the business is done, I am so, so thrilled uh, to introduce today's guest. She is a proud Waramangu Yaru woman, Born and raised on Larrakia country, Darwin, she has been living in Melbourne, Nam, for the past 10 years, working in the fitness and wellness industry, and is extremely passionate about health and well-being. Most recently, you will have seen her face on your screens as the new co-host of NITV's Yokai Footy. So please, without further ado, welcome to your ears, Megan Waters. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it's, yeah, it's an honor to be chatting to you on the topics that we're going to be covering today. And I am definitely not a doctor. So. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I didn't want to say in case. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get started, though, I would like to just do a quick acknowledgement um, of country. Uh, so I'd like to acknowledge the Larrakia people who are the traditional custodians of the land that I'm streaming to you from in quarantine <laughs> in Darwin today. Uh, I want to acknowledge their continuing living culture and their connection to the land, waters and um, the community. I will always vow to do my very best to continue to look after and respect country and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you so much for that welcome. That was really beautiful. No worries at all. Always got to do the welcome and the the acknowledgements. Absolutely. Now we start off the podcast with just asking every guest the same question, which is, how are you? But not in the way that you say that when you're, you know, passing someone in the street and you're just exchanging that pleasantry. But how are you today, really? It's so funny, isn't it? Because we just get so used to saying, yeah, I'm pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the, the standard answer that rolls off the tongue. Look, today I am actually pretty good. I, um, as I mentioned, I'm in quarantine in Darwin, uh, which is something that I feel really fortunate actually to, to even be here. Darwin is where my family are from and I haven't been able to see my family pretty much almost this whole year. So on the other side of quarantine is family time and I'm only four days away from that now. So I'm kind of at the really excited stage of um, my quarantine experience. So yeah, today I, I actually am in a really good place. Um, but then of course, if you had have asked me that question, uh, a month ago, six months ago, <laughs> this whole time we've been in lockdown, the answer would probably be very different, but yeah, today I'm good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> that is good. I mean, it is a constantly fluctuating state and I find that even certain parts of the day will elicit a different response. So it really is just like being present with how you are feeling in the moment and being okay that it can change depending on, yeah, what you're going through. Absolutely. And that's it. It's uh, knowing that it's okay to also not be okay. We always hear that um, phrase get thrown around and, and it is, it's okay to not be okay because life, even just outside of COVID is a roller coaster at the best of times. Yeah. So, 
um, you know, you just got to ride the journey and ride the roller coaster, and hopefully, you've got enough tools in your toolkit to be able to help you manage, um, yeah, those ups and downs. So you mentioned before that you are in quarantine in Darwin. How are you feeling going into that experience? Have you done a quarantine before in this COVID time? I actually have. I did a quarantine last year. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But last year, last year was a different experience because I was able to quarantine at home. So I was coming home again last year when we were in lockdown two. Um, And my intention (laughs) was just to be up here. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to keep up at this stage. Um, But my intention was to stay up in Darwin, probably do two weeks of quarantine, which I was lucky to do at my mum's at that point. And then, you know, possibly stay another four weeks and come back to Melbourne. But um, unfortunately, that lockdown got extended and extended and extended, which meant that I was able to spend a solid about three months up here. Um, oh, wow. Which was, yeah, which was really nice. I was able to kind of get away from a really shocking chunk of time that we all experienced or that most people experienced in Melbourne last year. So I have quarantined twice, but not like this. And um, this experience in quarantine for me has been it's it's like you said some days are up some days are down some hours are up some hours are down um and I think for me something that has been uh, that I've noticed in this experience is that I really rely so much on external um sources to create joy for me like I'm a pretty social person and I love being around my friends I'm I'm a massive extrovert so I derive so much joy from being around people and connection and so um this has been a really interesting time because uh, that's sort of been stripped away you know other than the time that I sit outside on my balcony and have a conversation here and there with my new neighbors and friends (laughs) that I've made here yeah it is pretty um it, it is a pretty um isolated time um it's something that I'm kind of grateful that I have got this opportunity to have though because I think I've established enough of a um, a self-awareness and just knowing that when being alone now, I'm I'm kind of okay with my own company, Um, and that's something that's something that COVID has um, enabled me to to be comfortable with. because I think it can be pretty challenging when you've got no no distractions, nothing to keep your mind occupied. It can be pretty scary and daunting sitting in your own thoughts. Um, but I think I've done enough work over time to now know that I'm going to be okay on my own for a few weeks. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a journey of ups and downs. You can probably see all my post-it notes on the wall behind me. I can. Just I'm obsessed to- with that. <laughs> <laughs> all my little daily reminders and rituals and things that um, I need to try to stick to to help me get through the time, basically. I think there is something so incredibly empowering about knowing that you can be okay and self-sufficient when you're by yourself. Not saying that, you know, having support and anything like that isn't important too, but knowing that you can have that quiet time and not have to be busy and distracted or almost fearful of moments like that. Because I think a lot of us, spend a lot of our time just trying to like distract and keep ourselves busy so we don't have to be quiet with our own heads because that's a really um courageous place to sit with your thoughts and then be able to process whatever comes through totally and I think that something that as I've gone on my journey of um learning about myself and unpacking and dealing and healing with things um 
I've learned the value in reflection and space and by by almost yeah by by being alone and being in my own time and in my own thoughts it does it creates this opportunity for you to yeah be able to reflect and um set some good goals look mm-hmm. at what where you could improve what what you know I love writing in my journal um you know, going through the waves of all the emotions that we feel and it's uh it, it like you said it's an it's an empowering um thing to be able to kind of get to a point where you've got the awareness and the self-assuredness to be able to sit in your in your thoughts and, and unpack and process so it's yeah it's definitely been a um all of that and more here. <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like you're someone who is aware of what's going on in your mind and um, being present with that. And this podcast is predominantly talking about things in the mental health space. So um, what's your relationship to mental health been in your life prior to the 18 months of COVID and all of that? Um, I have had, like I think most people, I I don't think I know anybody who hasn't at some stage in their life experienced some form of poor mental health. Um, I think it's important to to differentiate the difference of having poor mental health and having a a serious, you know, a mental illness. And for sure throughout... There's a range of experiences on that scale. (laughs) A hundred percent. And there's been many points in my journey that I have been the absolute lowest of lows and equally I've known so many people all of my friends family members that have yeah gone through their lows as well and and on the flip side people that have got really serious have had an experience really serious mental health or mental illness as well um for me a time in my life that was yeah really quite deep and dark was 2014 was the year I lost my dad so that was um obviously a really challenging thing to go through and um I think at that age I was 26 when my dad passed away and at that point I had absolutely no self-awareness and I, I feel I've always been quite a spiritual person and um have always had gratitude as part of my practices and beliefs but I never I never actively worked at managing my mental health um so after that point I think instead of dealing with pain and um under learning to understand my grief I did what we talked about distract 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 in yeah. not always the healthiest way either <laughs> um I think I turned to you know lots of drinking alcohol and shitty relationships and so many ways to kind of band-aid or mask the pain um and so it got to 2018 which was you know four years later and I was going through a pretty difficult time in at that point in my life as well and um I also suffer with an autoimmune condition so I have psoriasis um and when I go through really bad bouts of stress my skin just flares up like crazy and there was a lot of things that had gone on for me within that year and again I wasn't doing any work to manage the um just the the experiences that I was going through I was just distracting drinking wine non-stop and doing nothing other than that really and um yeah then my skin just I 
it was just not like 90% of my whole body was covered in these lesions and oh psoriasis and it, it was terrible to the point that I, I was and using the word depression I think is you know it's not a word that you just throw around loosely and I get quite offended when people go oh I'm so depressed because it's not a word that we should use like that and so I don't want to use that word to explain how I felt in that moment but I was if without being diagnosed I can imagine that how I felt in that moment where I just wanted to keep the blind shut the noise that my ego was just compounding my mind with saying you're ugly you're disgusting you're not worthy no, like all of these terrible thoughts and um it was just a yuck time my mum flew down to Melbourne to spend time with me to try to help me um get on top of my situation and that was a big turning point for me because it was a pretty dark it was just a dark time um I went away over the Christmas period and spent some time with some girlfriends which was the first time that I really worked on actually doing some reflecting and unpacking and really utilizing my journal to um uh, like understand and unpack the emotional stuff that was going on and yeah that was certainly a turning point for me in kind of really um trying to f- figure out methods to be able to manage my mindset because ultimately that was kind of what it all came down to like i said i wasn't putting any any tools in place to be able to try to help me get out of that deep dark hole yeah. i was just just in it and i didn't know how to how to get out basically yeah. um and so you're yeah, using I, it sounds I, like um coping mechanisms cuz even things that are being used as a distraction like drinking or you know people can use eating smoking sex all of these type of things as much as they may not be the healthiest or most functional coping mechanism they are still a way of um taking away some of the pain that feels otherwise unmanageable and it's the thing of being like i think there's probably a better way to do this cuz i don't want to keep maybe continuing on in these destructive patterns that aren't really serving me exactly and that was what it was it was like okay this is temporary relief mm-hmm. it's the band-aid but obviously you can't keep a band-aid on forever <laughs> no what's um, going on under band-aid. here <laughs> you either keep changing that band-aid with the same kind of thing mm-hmm. and the wound doesn't heal or you uh, start to actually address the wound and figure out what you need to do to actually heal it yeah so yeah for me um that was where this journey of kind of going all right how do I maximize on like I want to be the best and the healthiest and the happiest that I can possibly be what do I need to do to be that basically right so um you know and since then uh I think I've definitely put lots of lots of different um methods in place uh and i think it's it's an ever evolving forever never stop working on yourself um it's just it's a it's a work in progress forever basically um Absolutely. but i've got to a point now where i've yeah i've got i've got i've got some good tools and i sort of refer to it as it's it's a toolkit and you're always adding tools in maybe mm-hmm. getting rid of some that might not serve you anymore um but i feel like i yeah i'm really conscious of constantly adding adding more and more to my healing practices 
which I, it's like a wonderful thing to acknowledge because I think a lot of people are like, well, I want to go to therapy once and then be done. And it's trying to engage in that mindset of we don't go for one run and think that we're fit forever. And so it's recognizing that it is a muscle that has to continually be worked and um, paid attention to. But in terms of this like toolkit, tool belt that you have, how did you go about, I guess, adding to that? Um, what were your sources of information and where do you grab inspiration from? Well, I think for me, um, I, I always had a base of like three things. Um, and it hasn't sort of been until probably like the last 18 months with COVID where I really identified that, like they were just things that I did, but I didn't realize that they were now they're like my non-negotiables. I have the three pillars. One is movement. One is mindfulness and one is gratitude. Um, and I, I've always had a, a gratitude practice. And I think that's something that my mum had uh, just instilled in me from a young age. I remember always walking into my mum's room, like in the mornings before she'd get ready for work. And she would have like her gratitude thing and she'd read it almost like manifesting and like gratitude and reading out her window, like all the things she's grateful for. And so that's I, beautiful. Um, <laughs> she's, a, she's a cutie. But so th- having a gratitude practice was always something um and then uh, over time and exercise like movement I've always I've worked in the fitness industry and that's um you know like you like you mentioned in uh in the intro fitness and exercise is just it's a passion of mine but it's also just I think I grew up playing sport so I've always been an active human and I know the benefits of being active because it's just, you know, you, I've always felt good after training. So, yeah. um, that, that constant, that movement and then the gratitude. And then more recently it's the, the mindfulness component that I've, I've recently added in. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of my own teachings, trial and error, doing things that, um, I know make me feel good and, and kind of bookmarking them and going, Oh, okay. I know that, um, doing that guided meditation on the insight timer app, that made me feel really bloody good. I'm going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And then sort of that's the way that I yeah have built that tool belt or toolkit out, I guess. Um, so just, yeah, just trial and error. Um, kind of like little puzzle following. pieces, like figuring out which ones are working for you at a point in time. And I even saw um, I follow you online and you were posting about a new practice you're engaging in where you like had your legs in the air and were doing lymphatic draining. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I can see yeah. that now that practice out in the wild where you're applying that to your life constantly. Yeah. And that's it. And I think now, um, you know, underneath those pillars of movement, mindfulness and gratitude every day they all look different and I think that is something that particularly in COVID um I you know without putting pressure on myself like one day I don't want to go for a run because today is just not a day for running for me COVID's pissed me off or I'm too tired (laughs) or you know but Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, I'll go for a a walk and try to get my 10,000 steps in. Um, One day I might not want to do my breathwork activity in the morning because I just don't have the capacity to, but I will still sit outside and shut down my eyes for five minutes and just connect to my surroundings. So I think that 
and that's that's where you know talking about building out that toolkit there's the there's the foundations and then under those foundations there's little branches so knowing yeah. that um there's there's always alternative you know some people no matter how hard they try just can't get into meditation which mm-hmm. i totally i totally get because it's hard like i was that person for a really long time but meditation is a practice it's called a practice for a reason because you have to ha- have that element of consistency in order to get better at it you know yeah. like riding a bike you don't just know how to ride a bike you need to actively practice 100%. so so yeah it's just um I guess having a few different options underneath that um those foundational pillars and doing whatever feels right for you that that in the moment mm-hmm. and so if there's someone out there listening that maybe is back closer to like the 2016 2018 version of you that um is not really um, engaging in maybe the most healthy coping mechanisms and um, doesn't know where to start. Like what would be, like would you have any sort of suggestion for them of how to break out of that sort of cycle of thinking and try and embark on a new way? Definitely. And I guess firstly, I think that the first thing that I would say to that person or like me back then, if I was to look back now or anyone just struggling through a tough time at the moment is just knowing that you are absolutely not alone and you're never alone despite what um, I guess your head noise and your ego might be trying to make you believe you're Mm -hmm. not alone. Um, Because I think that that's something that when you're going through something, you can think, oh, you know, I don't want to share that with that a friend or somebody else or my mom or whoever because they just won't understand or um, I'll feel silly don't ever feel like that because I'm sure that either they've experienced something similar or they will be willing to hear you out regardless so Uh um, you you aren't alone but um, I guess like there are so many amazing resources out there and I think my advice would be you know don't overwhelm yourself with trying to do too much. Um, uh, even if it's that you slowly and, you know, building out your toolkit, it takes it takes time and it's ever-evolving. You'll Like I said, you'll add things and you'll eliminate things. But if you focus on maybe having one non-negotiable a day, I have three non-negotiables, but you might start with just practicing gratitude and Every day you buy yourself a cute little book and you write three things that you're grateful for every day. And as kind of basic as it sounds, there's something about reflecting on on your day and picking three things that just genuinely made you feel good that raise your vibrations like through the roof. Yeah. Um, so you might just start with that or you might give yourself a goal. You might not, you might not like going to the gym. You might not like running, but you might want to do 5,000 steps a day. Pick a good podcast to listen to and just go outside. I think getting outside is so beneficial Huge. for your mind. Yeah, Huge. Just fresh air does something for the soul. So I swear it changes um, like you know, it, and physically, maybe it doesn't, but for me, it feels like it always changes my brain chemistry. Like it just snaps you out of wherever you are. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you are outside and you know, you're walking and you're then becoming aware of your surroundings and looking around, like I love 
when I go for a bit of a walk around my neighborhood. I, I live in Elwood, so it's always nice to go down by the ocean and then you just feel the sensation of like the wind coming off, the, you know, the breeze coming off the ocean or like the dogs running around barking or, um, you know, the group of friends that are sitting out having a picnic and laughing, like you start to pick up on these, on the surroundings and become present. Yeah. Um, just changes the whole frequency that you're operating under if you're not in a great headspace. Yeah. And can remind you too, like that, there is a big wide world out there. I think sometimes I personally can feel like, you know, all of the world, like the problems are all on me. And then you go out and you realize that there's so much more of this world continuing on regardless and can help you put what you're going through in perspective of the whole, the whole planet. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So yeah, I would say, you know, start slowly and it's it's like that saying where I think they say it takes 21 days to implement like a, a new habit. So give yeah. yourself 21 days of doing it consistently to the point that gratitude journaling is just like, cool. Like for me now, every night before I go to bed, I do my gratitude journal and that's like my nightly routine in the morning and something that I've introduced, well, a few things. And like you said, the leg up thing that I've been doing has been great. Yeah. But another thing that I've been doing in quarantine is been taking my little Yui Boom speaker into the shower in the mornings and just like playing music and like dancing and singing in the shower. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that is just such a vibey way to start the day. I'm like, got tunes on, I'm singing, I'm feeling good. And that is now a new thing that I'm adding to my toolkit because I'm like, this shit feels good. Yeah. Um, You're setting yourself up <laughs> from the start to be in like a really good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's it, you know? And then I think when you enjoy doing something as well, and it's not a chore because what might, what works for me might not work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you really realize actually that feels so, that feels good. You want to keep doing it anyway. So, um, yeah, just like slowly start to introduce bits and pieces that, um, you know, might make you feel good and then you'll start to build out a pretty epic toolkit. And so when you do have moments of feeling like, you know, you're slipping down that slide of poor mental health, you've got all of these methods and tools that are at your disposal that you know work for you. Yeah, um, well-practiced at that so, point. They just are more autonomous rather than you have to start searching when things are tough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well... Final question, which I told you in the email was a secret question. (laughs) And I think I've maybe set it up to sound way cooler Uh than it is. But um, what's your favorite dessert of all time? And feel free to hold back no detail. I want to know like every single element of this dessert. Of all time? Mm -hmm. I am a huge, I love a really good pavlova. I love like the sweet like the the oh my goodness like I think I'm just thinking about Christmas now (laughs) and just like the cream mixed with like the beautiful yummy strawberries Mm -hmm. and then the meringue oh it's I'm a I'm a big pav gal um great answer and it's such a festive holiday thing so I think it's like the spirit of the dessert too Oh, it is. And it's not something that, like, I I actually probably wouldn't, if I was to go to, like, a Brunetti's, for example, like the dessert shop, I probably wouldn't pick out a pavlova there yeah. because 
I associate pavlova with this Christmas time and that feeling as well. Um, so I think that that, like you said, it's it's such a festive dessert that brings so much joy and um, that would be, yeah, that would probably be the number one because of the feeling that's associated <laughs> with it. But if, if we're going to talk about just chocolate for a minute, I Wait. just something Cadbury marble, the caramel marble block is absolute heaven. There's just... <laughs> there's nothing better it's so it's so so good I mean the whole Cadbury range I could talk about for truly hours but the marble was so <laughs> great the caramel was great and to put them together and it actually worked like the hopes were so high I never thought it would be able to live up to it and it is just perfection they've changed the game with that one that's for sure they did they have made all of our <laughs> quarantine like eating situations very difficult <laughs> Absolutely. I know. The first week that I was in here, I ordered a block and I pretty much ate the whole thing in two days. And I was like, okay, I can't order any more. <laughs> yeah, it just can't be in the house. It just can't. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, exactly. It's a treat. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people are going to uh, relate to that part of the podcast at minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for, um, for having me on. Oh my gosh, it is our pleasure. Just um, what you shared was so insightful. Um, Again, like these conversations, I get so much out of personally, and I just know that there are going to be so many people out there that also do. So thank you so much for giving us your time. And we'll be dropping more Mind Time episodes across Mental Health Month. So watch out for those. And in the meantime, go and check out all of the other uh, conversations that are already available on the It's All Her podcast channel. There are some Great episodes. Um, I've done one, so you can go and listen to that um, as an entry point. And otherwise, the It's All Her website has a lot of great reading and content on there. So do go and check that out. Um, Otherwise, Lifeline and Beyond Blue are two wonderful resources that are available to you here in Australia um, if you need. The number for Lifeline is 13 11 14. And the number for Beyond Blue is 1300 224 636. All right, we love you. 